BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. is going on guys welcome back to creeps in the crypt as always i am eric and i am joined by christian and sam so tonight we have an out of this world tale i feel like i'm missing my tinfoil hat when you bring these episodes in dude okay i we were trying to watch the shock docs thing and christian's like you ready to do this episode it's so boring to me i'm like this is I find this shit fascinating. Boring. This is like a benchmark. There's no murder. There's no mayhem. Oh, there's mayhem. Did we not just get to that part? Huh? Did we not get to that part? No. Were you bored too? (laughs) Get the fuck out of my head. (laughs) These two are watching this series. I'm falling asleep. I've listened to... Several documentaries. I sat through at least three hours of hypnoregression therapy for research on this. It's fucking fascinating to me. I'm bummed that you guys don't find this as fascinating as I do. There's no murder. There's no mayhem in my terms of mayhem. And there's no cryptids. So you kind of there's you, fucking aliens. I don't, who gives a fuck? They're little gray men. All right. Isn't that the most like common alien? The grays. Yes. Or are they the meanest? I don't remember which one it is. I'd say the grays are probably the most common, if they're even aliens. Ooh. <laughs> they might be like little robot men, like what? cyborgs. Yeah, that's one theory: is that aliens actually can't travel like light years away. So they send out these, like, scout drones mm. to do all this shit for them. What about the man who painted the, was it, like, a robot with big titties? Big robot titties. Oh, that's, what was his name, David Harris? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, he painted, yeah, David Harris, yeah. They have the same look. Hey, that was a throwback to an episode. Yeah. 
our uh, cosmic coitus episode. Uh, or no, what was what? it? <laughs> Intergal- intergalactic intercourse. Yeah, there we go. There cosmic we go. Cosmic Get the fuck. Shut up. <laughs> Just shut the I fuck promise up. you, there is going to be no cosmic coitus in this episode. Thank God. I I feel like I tortured these two. I don't. I don't think we've hit our quota for. I don't want to hear her fucking. I don't want to hear her read it and then her look into my eyes while she reads it because that's never. It's great. (laughs) It's it's not great, Eric, because you're on that end, so you're just over there seething. I'm not seething. I was reveling. Like foaming at the mouth. I did all the research for it. I thought that was the funniest shit. Fifty Shades of Grey's was the funniest bit out of that entire episode. Oh it was worth God. that. It was worth the hour we put into it for a bit. Yeah, oh worth every God. bit. So, before we get started today, though, with the Betty and Barney Hill incident, do we have a review? We have a review. <gasps> so this one comes from. USM Weird, or USM Wired. I'm sorry, I can't fucking read. Uh, great mix of stories, five stars. You guys are great. It's a good mix of personalities. Even Eric and his rabbit holes, he jumps down. LOL, stay creepy. Bitchin. Love I, that. I dig it. It is a I, great mix of personalities up in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you guys want us to read your review on the show... Go to Apple Podcast and leave us a review, and I'll read it. Good, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. I don't read the bad. Yeah, we're not going to glorify the bad. Well, you know, if somebody has some smart-ass shit to say, I'll I'll read it, and then I'm going to eviscerate them on the mic. I'm waiting for Me and my baseless accusations. Yeah. That was an Instagram comment. Somebody said, uh, Sam (laughs) has baseless accusations. That one was funny. That one made me laugh. Hey, at least they just said bad about you they said i was too loud i get that obnoxious. i think they were confusing the two of you actually because sam was screeching during that episode no I'm that was the, the john Kendrick Bonet. Johnson? no that was the john benet episode oh yeah it was yeah you oh. were you were just oh, so they were be- wow you're two and oh what can i say she aims to please and just please in a thousand <laughs> But yeah, guys, uh, also make sure you're downloading the episodes. It really helps us out. That's how we know what you guys like. And we try to program around that. Um, last year, I had requests for more UFO stuff. So I've tried to deliver that this year. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I did a f- Instagram poll and now people want more paranormal stuff. So we might swing a little bit in that direction. Since uh, you guys aren't going to be getting a whole bunch of paranormal stuff off Travel Channel lately. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They canceling all the paranormal shit. Kindred Spirits is on (laughs) Top and Block now, too. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Thanks, Zach Bagans. Why is he going to be such a dick? I'm going to be the only star. He's not even on Travel Channel anymore. He's on Discovery Plus. Ghost Avengers isn't even like... They're not adding new shows onto like... Shit, dude. They cable. rerun that shit all the time. I know, but like his new stuff is all only on Discovery Plus. I don't know, man. Like, Destination Fear was doing better than Ghost Avengers and you're mad? Yeah, he got he's he's gotten a little dramatic. I have mixed feelings about the Warrens. I think they. I think Lorraine meant well. 
I I feel like that you could. At do, the end of the day, it's fucking business, and they're all I, in it to make money. Uh, I I I do like their. Zach was a fucking wedding DJ before he was a paranormal investigator. <laughs> We're, I'm not even talking about them. I do like their house call series though. Mm, I'm gonna go to the haunted museum though. When I I'm want to go so bad. Like when we go to Vegas, we'll take pictures for definitely you. Gonna go. You can't take pictures inside. No, you will not. Don't get kicked out. I want to know what's in there. I'll take, I need. I'll take mental screenshots and then I'll explain just them. Just download you. them to me. Yes. Just a spooky spank bank. I'll be like, they have Charles Manson's <laughs> not uh, not nightgown. Um, hospital gown. They have Ted Bundy's glasses. Yeah. Or Dahmer's gown. I don't know if it's Dahmer or Ted Bundy's glasses. I'll send you a creepy gram. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, without further ado, let's uh, not dilly dally. Let's get into this episode. So, most everyone who's into ufology. At first, I thought it said urology. <laughs> you guys suck. I hate you. You don't. That is a lie. Oh, so, anyway, I got it right on the first try. You did. Let's just take a moment. Ufology. Let's just take a moment. I pronounced something right on the I first try. I think you try. pronounced it right when we did our UFO episodes of Brazil. No, I didn't. I kept saying UFO, UFOlogy. Oh, well, it's ufology. 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 <laughs> ufology. I'm whatever get, you want to do. I'm going to get the tally marks on behind me to tally for Sam. Let's <laughs> say when she says something correctly. <laughs> At the end of the year, you let's, see, let's see how I did. Let's, let's do my wrap up. You'll do better than I did. Participation trophy. <laughs> That's a throwback. Oh my god! I wish I still had that audio. It was uh, it's it's so floating out there funny. somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, anyone who's into ufology has heard of the UFO abduction of the hills. At the time, it was shocked even it shocked even hardcore ufologists. Nothing quite like it had ever been recorded. This is like the first case, definitely in America. I heard that there was some stuff like the Brazil stuff happened before this. It predates it, but we didn't know about it at the time. This was like the big fire starter for Mm -hmm. because, I mean, they went out and did interviews and shit. Yeah, they talked and, you know, it's they got it out there. But they weren't in it for fame. I mean, they returned to a pretty normal, quiet life. They weren't trying to sell books and shit. I believe there were some books written, but I don't think they made a profit off of it. Damn, they should have at least gotten some royalties or something. I'm sure there was some money exchanged. I hope story. so, for their sake. But for the fucking trauma that they went through. There's um, no amount of money that can compensate that. Well, no, especially not for Barney. I mean, you have, think about it. What would you do if you were abducted by aliens? Like, they have you on an examination table, and then you, they just put you back in your car and you wake up. Still driving. Yeah. That that part was insane to me. We're getting too far ahead. Yeah, we are getting a little far ahead of ourselves. The Betty and Barney Hill incident is considered to be the first widely reported alien abduction in the United States. The Hills were unlikely candidates for UFO fame, 
Barney, a 39-year-old black Army veteran, served on the New Hampshire State Advisory Board of the United States Civil Rights Commission. He held a leadership role at the Portsmouth NAACP and worked for a post office in Boston. If you guys haven't realized yet, Barney Hill is black. Well, I said that. Well, I was just saying. Oh. The, if you read The Interrupted Journey, it, just, it mentions that quite a bit in the book. Oh, I did not. Betty was a 42-year-old white social worker who also worked for the local NAACP. Their case is fascinating and completely terrifying. Go ahead. According to a variety of reports given by the Hills, the alleged UFO sighting happened about at, at about 10.30 p.m. on September 19, 1961. The Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal, just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire. Is it Lancaster or Lancaster? Uh, Lancaster. We'll Lancaster. roll with that. Because that's how it, like... I'm sure Lan somebody will correct us if we're wrong. Probably, but whatever. Fuck them. Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward towards the west of the moon. While Barney navigated on U.S. Route 3, Betty reasoned that she was observing a falling star. Only it moved upward, not like horizontal or like downward or anything. Because it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog, Delcy. Barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. Betty, looking through binoculars, observed an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights travel across the face of the moon. Because her sister had several years earlier said that she had seen a flying saucer, Betty thought it might be what she was observing. Through binoculars, Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling toward Vermont on its way to Montreal. However, he soon changed his mind because look, without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. This observation caused Barney to realize, quote, this object that was a plane was not a plane. Yeah, he, he kept thinking it was like a seaplane. Um, I can't remember the name of the type of plane it was, but he kept saying that over and over again. And then they thought it was a satellite. Um, and that got quickly debunked. Well, yeah. The Hill said they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through Franconia Notch. We're going to go with it. In order to observe the object as it came even closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain and came out near the old man of the mountain. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff pro profile, which was about 40 feet long and that it seemed to be rotating. The couple watched as the silent, illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky. About one mile south of Indian Head, they said the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. 
Barney, who conjectured it might be a military craft, thought it was playing games with them. Which is something the military has been known to do, which is super fucking dangerous. Like, they'll just practice bombing runs on, like, the interstate and shit. Like, have you ever heard stories of people getting buzzed by, like, F-16s and shit? No. So... Every now and then you'll hear stories about people that are like, I was on the highway. And Your dad? It, yeah, my dad had that, a story like that. Like an F-16 like buzzed his car one time. What on do you mean buzzed it? Like dropped down like real quick and then flew up. Did it hit it? No, but no. like he dropped like the, the F-16. Like, like an had, almost like touch and go? Yeah, kind of, but like just. I used to live near the Marine Air Force. No. Marine Air Force, Marine Air Station, um, down in Beaufort. We, I used to hear those freaking things yeah. and just take off. And I'm like, yo, please quit. Yeah, I mean, the military's known to do that shit because they're just doing test runs and shit. But the fact that they like buzz vehicles and stuff just to fuck with people. I don't think they do it so much anymore because there's a lot of, you know, eyes on them about that shit with cell phones and stuff. But like back in the day, definitely. I mean, I definitely would have, but that's just me. I I like fucking with people. I like to cause mischief. There you go. I'm mischievous. Mm. The huge silent craft hovered about 80 to 100 feet above the hills, 1957 Chevy Bel Air. Also one of my mom's favorite cars. And filled the entire field of view in the windshield. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows seeming to look at him in unison all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft the one remaining figure continued to look at barney and communicated a message telling him to quote stay where you are and keep looking barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps space nazis Red lights on what appeared to be batwing fins began to telescope out of the sides of the craft, and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. That's the part I find most fascinating, because if you listen to a lot of these UFO stories, they're just saucers. This was unique, because it actually had, like, almost wings jut out of the thing when it was ready to land. And that's not something normal in... UFO lore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So he rushed back to the car, sped down the road, but then heard a loud, vibrating, continuous beep. The couple became tired and blacked out. When they came to, they were confused and anxious, missing about two hours of time and 35 miles farther down the road. And they both said that it sounded like somebody was hitting the trunk with a tuning fork. It was like this weird, vibratious hum uh, that kept hitting them through the car, which I find terrifying. A little bit. That all of a sudden they felt like they were in an altered state, and then all of a sudden they they just are fine. 
Yeah. Arriving home at about dawn, the Hill stated that they had some odd sensations and impulses that they really could not explain. One thing that I forgot to put in here, though, was like driving back. Uh, Barney Hill saw like the moon and he's like, oh, God, not again. Yeah, like PTSD. Yeah, already. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than the main part of the house. Their watches would never work again. Barney said that the leather strap for the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. Yet, yeah. what's what's interesting about his shoes is if you if you see uh, his description of it, it's like he was drug, like oh, like, like the front. toes, mm-hmm. yeah, like weekends at Bernie's, yeah, basically <laughs> weekends at Barney's. I thought it was weekend at Bernie's. It is. Oh, oh okay. Jesus Christ! They're having a weekend at Barney's. Oh, there's Barney. alien abduction involved. And maybe some slight probing. No. They're having a party in his asshole. No. Puts a a whole new uh, spin on bring the dip. Oh, no. (laughs) It's like a dipstick. I was just thinking that. Get out of there. He's checking his temperature. No. Fucking hell. (laughs) They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. Perplexed, the Hills say that they tried to reconstruct the chronology of events as they witnessed the UFO and drove home. But immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. They could barely remember anything. Like, they remember the lead up to it, but... Anything after that vibration noise, uh-huh. they don't remember. That's crazy. I mean, that's happened to me before, but that's because that was alcohol induced. Well, yeah, but that's they a blackout. Aren't. I've been there. I've been there. Yes, we know this, Eric. I know this. Uh, whiskey Icarus flew a little too close to the sun this weekend. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the judgment. How are your wings feeling? Melted the fuck off. Your wings? Yeah, you never heard the story of Icarus? Icarus. Oh, he flew too close to the sun, right? Yeah. yeah and his wings melted off because they were, you know, put together with wax. Uh, I never, like, knew the specifics of it. Well, there you go. Yeah. Icarus flew Little. too close. It, Eric is Icarus. Got it. But the instead, sun is whi- instead is of whiskey. making, yeah, the sun was whiskey. It was pretty whiskey to do that. Yeah, some oh, whiskey business. Oh, it was whiskey business. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. And this is a brand new dress. Like, she bought it for this trip. Like, I've heard a couple times they were on their honeymoon. I've heard a couple times they were just going on a vacation. So, I 
I didn't want to specify, but she bought this dress for this trip. Right. I mean, it is the 60s. They didn't really have access to be able to, like, go and just, like, walk into a store and get a dress. Like, they had to, like, find something on their side, get it hemmed, all that good stuff. Right? I, I don't know. I wasn't around back then, but, yeah, sure. It, well, it was before, it. like, mass-produced clothes i feel like or like they had mass- it was the start of uh, yeah right probably mass-produced clothes i mean i still have to get pants and stuff hemmed for me oh, but that's because i'm five three <laughs> fine i understand the lot i've been given and it's not a lot too tall to ch- shop in the child section but i mean petites but petite stuff is like hit or miss for me like, because I'm, like, on the cusp of being, like, quote, average height and, like, petite. So, still, even if I get petite pants, it's still... I don't know anything about petite. I shop in, the, like, the... Is there a Viking section? For, like... It's called tall or long. That's that's more your section. Just long. <laughs> yeah. You're just long. I don't have a it's thing about me that's long. I'm not big. I'm just tall. I don't have a thing about me that's long. I was wearing crop tops when they weren't popular because there was no height. (laughs) Crop tops hit like right at the top of my... Unless it's like an actual like... If it's meant to be like an under boob peaking crop top, then it's like normal crop top. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's not. Mine's like half the titty is out. Nope. It has to be like, I'm like, I'm showing the milk ducks out. It's, it's, it's not a great look. I wouldn't mind seeing those flying saucers later. Oh, Shut up, dude. Shut up. <laughs> you would abduct me later? She feels like this is like mom and dad, like talking about like them flirting with each other. I don't even care. It was like, stop. It's okay. No Sam. shame in my it's game. It's okay, Sam. We kick the kitties out. They don't watch. I bet Lucy'd be like, "What you guys doing?" Salem grooms himself. That's fine. Outside the door. Yep. We just hear him licking. All right, let's get back into this. Enough about our sex life. (laughs) Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noticed a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline, and the pink powder blew away. But the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but then changed her mind, retrieved the dress, and hung it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analyses on the dress. And one thing to note is she never wore this dress again. I wouldn't either. Like, it was just a a memory of what happened that night. Mm Mm-hmm. There were shiny, concentric circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. Yeah, because she had called her sister, who we said earlier had seen the UFO. And her neighbor was a physicist. So her sister asked her neighbor about 
you know, what, what should they do? He's like, well, you know, they got these weird marks in their trunk. Maybe hover a compass next to these spots. And that's what happened. And she's like, Barney, come look at this. He's like, I don't want to fucking look at this. He wanted to drop it. Yeah. Barney, Barney wanted to forget this whole thing ever happened. And, you know, Betty just wouldn't leave it the fuck alone. Just like a woman. Damn women. Can't put anything in the past. Nope. Well, some. Some things. But when they moved it a few inches away from the spots, the compass would just kind of settle down. Yeah, so they'd hover it over the the markings on the trunk. And it just looks like somebody ran a polish brush over the trunk. But if you remember when they were having that experience, it sounded they mentioned that somebody it sounded like they were hitting the trunk with a tuning fork. Right. So it clearly has something to do with that. Obviously. Distraught, she drew the attention of her neighbors and soon the incident was public. Betty spoke with a local former police chief who directed her to contact a nearby Pease Air Force Base where Major Paul W. Henderson investigated the case for Project Blue Book, not to be confused with Project Blue Beam. That we covered. It was... If uh, you're into UFOs and shit, you know about Project Blue Book. Eventually uh, we'll cover it. It's fucking fascinating. I'm down. Project Blue Book is the Air Force's study of UFO reports. I mean, it was... We've mentioned it before in past episodes, like the Flatwoods Monster and stuff like that. Jay, okay. any, anything Jay Allen Hynek is involved in is Project Blue Book. Okay. So, just FYI. Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams, which continued for five successive nights. She stated that she experienced them with a degree of detail and intensity that she had never had before. After the fifth night, they stopped and never recurred, though they occupied her thoughts during the day. When she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them to Barney again. He didn't want to jack shit about it. Like I said, he wanted to bury this thing and put it all behind him. Just like a man, bury it. I mean, this was... Bury it and forget about it. It was very traumatic for him. Hmm. You know, he's got to deal with the stress of being in an interracial marriage in the 60s, which is, that'll come up later on. Uh, unheard of. In the 60s, though, there, I mean, interracial marriage was illegal in a lot of states. You have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got to deal with that. By this time, Barney also had a condition starting to form. He had a perfect circle of genital warts. Forming above his his pubic region. The fupa. Yeah. So he had a perfect circle of genital warts that grew about, I want to say I read two centimeters long each, but it was a perfect circle. Ew. He basically got space gonorrhea or some shit. That's the one with the warts? I thought that was like herpes or something. Yeah, whatever. Same, same shit. I can't remember that, the technical name for... He got a space STD. Yeah, he got... Yeah, alien STDs. I guess they never watched the. The, the, the aliens not keeping it clean. Well, they're not cleaning their equipment. Whoever they abducted before him. Ew. 
I'm so disgusted and horrified by that and not in a good way. Yeah, I, w- no. I would be willing to bet whoever they abducted before him. Some like oh, no. pig farmer from fucking oh, Arkansas or some no. shit. Stop it. Gross. They abducted him and oh. that dude probably had like warts all over his dick and no. they were like milking him. Ew. I need that you, seem like I a need very you good to stop. That's what, they, I, that's what they no, because all I'm thinking do. about is warty milk right now. It's just like milk with warts floating in it, and I'm just—that's where my brain is uh, going. I was talking about cum. Yeah, I know, but all I'm thinking about is warty milk. I did, your brain just—it. I love you, but he's like, oh, you just feel so much better than a pig. Does that would that make you feel better? Yeah. Uh, look, Sam's disgusted. Uh, made me laugh. <laughs> Are you happy now? Sam's disgusted. He's just like, Whoa. Oh, my. Ew. He's like, I've never come this hard. Ew. Is he really going this route? He's really going this I mean, that's, that's a thing that happens in alien abductions, guys. Just, they get biomaterial. That's to fill their incubators. Oh, that's part of it. I don't know, Betty, where the genital warts came from. Yeah, dude, <laughs> could you well, imagine if he alien- orchestrated this whole thing just to get like get away with having like an outbreak of genital warts? Uh, He's like got friends like hanging out in the trees with like big flashlights and shit, chloroform to put her ass out. Ugh. No. Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomer and National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, or NICAP. He's a me- he's a member of NICAP, and he met with the Hills on October twenty first, nineteen sixty one. In a six hour interview, the Hills related all they could remember of the UFO encounter. Barney stated that he had developed a, quote, mental block and that he suspected there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. The genital warts. I would also like to forget about those. So I can't blame it. He described in detail all that he could remember about the craft and the appearance of the, quote, somehow not human figures aboard it. Webb stated that they were telling the truth and the incident probably occurred exactly as reported, except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any subs observations where human judgment is involved. Well, one thing you have to remember when it comes to alien interactions with humans, that most aliens are trying to look like humans. Yeah. Because it's like they, they kind of get it, but it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll find out how they describe these aliens, but it's like they had purple lips, grayish skin, and like, you know, a big purple nose. Like, the, the, the tint on the nose wasn't correct. So they tried to look human or what, like, their idea human was, and they tried to talk in an English dialect, but it's like an amalgamation of every English dialect. It's like... Completely fucked, but it triggers this phenomenon called the uncanny valley. 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. No. Mm-mm. So it's something that looks human, but it's not quite human, and it triggers our fight or flight response. So if you've ever seen anything that's just like weird, mm-hmm. um, where Good. it's like this isn't. There's a famous video of like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, but it's clearly like somebody else is Meghan Markle in a mask, like just doing a public appearance. And but it it's not human. I'll pull it up and show you guys what I'm talking about. But if you look at these, un- so disturbed by that. It's very fucking off putting and weird. She doesn't like. She doesn't even like clowns. She doesn't like anything in masks. Well, you wouldn't know. Like, the CIA developed these, like, crazy masks where you wouldn't know the person. Just the eyes. If I can't, if I can't figure out. That's why, like. If you don't make eye contact with me when you talk to me, like, it freaks me out. Well, this, this is the same shit as the paranormal stuff, too. Like, the reason that things like the rake and Slenderman are such a phenomenon it's because they trigger the uncanny valley. They're human-like, but they're not. Right. And it creates like a sense of fear, sense of dread. Triggers the fight or flight response because it's just human enough to kind of pass, but it's not human. A lot of the stories of the men in black. Since we're talking about aliens, this is a this is a phenomenal one. Uh men in black trigger the uncanny valley. Hmm. So they don't move like humans would. They move in a very herky, like a jerky manner. Like kind of like that one video clip that Christian doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's literally Doctor Vandicut from uh, House on Haunted Hill. Not a fan. I don't like it either. That's the Uncanny Valley. That that's what that scene is. That supposed to do my. Light it's like response. what the fuck is this anything else like if you show it to me i'm usually like oh we should do a whole like episode on the uncanny valley but it would be very hard to do in an audio format you really need a video format to do that mm. in november of 1961 so this is what two months later mm-hmm. yeah betty began writing down the details of her dreams in one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surrounded their car. She lost consciousness but struggled to regain it. She then realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest at night and is seeing Barney walking behind her, though when she called to him, he, did, he seemed to be in like a, a trance or sleepwalking. The men stood about five feet to five feet, four inches tall. Oh, so they're my height. And wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. What I find interesting about this, though, is so in her dream, Barney is walking like he's sleepwalking or in a trance, Mm -hmm. meaning he was probably dragging his feet. Yeah. Which would be why... His shoes were so fucking scuffed all to hell. Mm-hmm. There's a point. <laughs> the They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. And their skin was a grayish color. So they almost got it right. Almost. 
she and Barney were taken to their car where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did so and then resumed their drive home. On November 23rd, 1962, the Hills attended a meeting at the parsonage of their church where Captain Ben H. Sweat of the United States Air Force was a guest speaker. Having had an interest in hypnosis, the Hills approached Sweat privately and related their strange encounter. Sweat was particularly interested in the missing time of the Hills' account. They asked if he would hypnotize them to recover their memories, but Sweat declined and cautioned them against going to an amateur hypnosis such as himself. Under hypnosis, as was consistent with his conscious recall, Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. So it was after that he saw the little people. Mm -hmm. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterward he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing near the dirt road. The car stalled, and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still anxious, however, and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, quote, I, feel, I felt like the eyes had been pushed into my eyes. He starts screaming this one line over, and I have a special treat planned for this, this story because I'm going to pull clips from their audio uh, recordings from the hypnosis it's very garbled it's from a recording in 1960 but he's just screaming his eyes are inside me his eyes are inside me it's horrifying uh and there's like hours upon hours of this this audio tape that i'm going to scrub through the next two days before we put this episode out Horrific shit. These things freak me out. Barney described the beings as generally similar to Betty's hypnotic, not dream, recollection. The beings often stared them stared into his eyes, said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, oh, those eyes, they're there in my brain. This was from his first hypnosis session. And, quote, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. That was from his second hypnosis, sec- second hypnosis session. That's a tongue twister. And, quote, all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. That is unsettling at best. Mm. From what I can tell, he's probably on an examination table and it's, it's a robot. But like pushing it like, yeah, pushing into his eyes. Probably like a camera lens type thing. Mm. Into the eyes. Yeah. No. Horrific. I mean, it's not pretty. Wow. I mean, they're, they're experimenting on Betty and Barney Hill. 
Live subjects. I think I I think I'd die of like stress or something. I mean, something. we're basically like <laughs> test monkeys for these aliens anyway. Ugh. While Betty reported a conversation with the leader in English, Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language he did not understand. Betty also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be, quote, thought transference. At the time, he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great way to put it, though. Mm-hmm. Being unfamiliar with the word telepathy, thought transfer. Like a download. Yep. I mean, they're just putting the thoughts right into your head so they don't mm-hmm. have to... Psychic entities. Under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to her five dreams about the UFO abduction, with some notable differences, mainly pertaining to her capture and release. Also, the technology on the craft was different. The short men differed significantly in physical appearance, and the sequential order of the abduction abduction differed. Barney and Betty's memories in hypnotic regression were, however, consistent with one another. Well, they asked him why they couldn't be, uh, you know, examined in the same room. And they're like, ah, the aliens were like, it just take too much time. We only have so much equipment in each room. It just take too long. That That's why they were under time constraints. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. When the series of hypnosis sessions were complete, Simon wrote an article about the Hills for the journal Psychiatric Opinion, explaining his conclusion that the case was a singular psychological aberration. The Hills went back to their regular lives. They were willing to discuss the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and the occasional UFO researcher, but the Hills apparently made no effort to seek publicity. In 1966, writer John G. Fuller secured the cooperation of the Hills and Simon and wrote the book The Interrupted Journey about the case. Highly recommend it. The book included a copy of Betty's sketch of the, quote, star map. Because in Betty's dreams, one of her dreams is they give her a book and tell her that she can take it with her and then they take it from her before they put her back in the car. Um, Here, you can take this with you. Just kidding. You can't. Well, then through her regression therapy, she actually like draws out the star map. Like she <laughs> remembers looking through it and like copies it down. And that's going to be important to this story to give it like credence here in a minute. Oh, yeah. You just said the, but the star map. Mm-hmm. Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage on February 25th, 1969, at age 46. Dang, so they weren't married that long. No, he he died sh- not even a decade after that this. That sucks. Like, he only lived, like, eight years after the, the abduction. That sucks. After which Betty went on to become a celebrity in the UFO community. She died of cancer on October 17, 2004, at age 85, never having remarried. That's almost 40 years of being by yourself. Yeah, well, her her true love is gone. That's so sad. I can't imagine that. I mean, but 
this is the the most fascinating part is the star map this gives this whole thing credibility i think the fact that they didn't seek out like fame and fortune and limelight like i think that brings even more credence to what happened to them i mean they had movies written about them i mean yeah but like they're not doing like tours and yeah. um book signings yeah shit. like appearances I mean, they're hell, just like james earl alive. jones played uh barney hill in a movie i didn't know that i mean i also didn't know about this either so in 1968, Marjorie Fish of Oak Harbor, Ohio, read Fuller's book, Interrupted Journey. Fish was an elementary school teacher and amateur astronomer. Intrigued by the star map, Fish wondered if it might be deciphered to determine which star system the UFO came from. Assuming that one of the 15 stars on the map must represent Earth's sun, Fish constructed a three-dimensional model of the nearby sun-like stars, such as like stars deemed to have characteristics that could support life like they're like we have on here on Earth. Using thread and beads and basing the stellar distances on those published in 19 in the 1969 Gliese sure. star catalog. We're going to go with it. Studying thousands of vantage points over several years, the only one that seemed to match the hill map was from the viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. It's about 39 light years from Earth, which I don't know how far that is. I mean, it sounds really far. 39 light years. I know, but like, I don't know how long one light year is. It sounds fast, but it's not. It's 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 a long, long time. Mm. Like long enough where we'll be dead and gone a hundred times over. Thirty nine light years away. Oh, that's just one light year. We'll be dead and gone. Like, oh, dang. Yeah, I mean this this shit ain't close. What the heck? Fish sent her analysis to Webb. Agreeing with her conclusions, Webb sent the map to Terrence Dickinson, editor of the magazine Astronomy. Dickinson did not endorse Fish and Webb's conclusions, but for the first time in the journal's history, Astronomy invited comments and debate on a UFO report, starting with an opening article in the December 1974 issue. For about a year afterward, the opinions page of astronomy carried arguments for and against Fish's star map. Notable was an argument made by Carl Sagan and Steven Soder, arguing that the star map was little more than a random alignment of chance points. In an episode of Cosmos in 1980, Sagan demonstrated that without the lines drawn in the maps, the hill map bore no resemblance to the real-life map. In contrast, those more favorable to the map, such as David Saunders, who is a statistician who had been on the Condon UFO study, disagreed. Saunders claimed that a match among 16 stars of the specific spectral type among the thousand stars nearest the sun is, quote, at least a 1,000 to 1 against. 
I don't know about you guys, but I just find this whole thing fucking fascinating. I mean, I definitely believe them. Yeah, I don't see why they would lie. No. I, 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 I find this story too big to make up. As, especially since they didn't seek any like fame and fortune out of this. And you know how many stories the Air Force probably heard that were just like crazy cockamamie bullshit? Yeah. And the fact that they talked to people in the Air Force and talked to scientists really just lays the groundwork that this is Well, not they weren't just, crazy. They well, weren't they like weren't. raving about... The half well, you just even pointed out that the husband didn't even really want to even bring it up. He was no, just like fine with burying it. He did not want to. He didn't really want to go public with the shit. I don't blame him. I mean, and their story has been used over a lot, and I'm sure they were paid for use of their likenesses. But I mean, they have gotten some like skepticism and rebutting. Like psychiatrist said earlier that. The whole supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the early 1960s. But I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't think that was that. That's too grandiose. It's it's too crazy. There's no way that's it. No. Mm -hmm. No way in hell. I, I, I really think I believe their story. I think this is probably the greatest example and documentation of an alien abduction out there. And I will be playing. So basically this episode will come out Friday, Saturday for April fools. I'm going to put out literally an episode of the highlight reels of the eight hours of the hypno regression therapy. There's eight hours of it? Four hours for each of them. Oh, and okay. that's just the sessions that are released. Like, they, they recorded them sure other ones. a ton. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited for that. I don't know about you guys. But I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. And we'll be back next week with something fun. Something fun. We haven't decided if we're going true crime again or paranormal. Or maybe a mixture of the two. We haven't decided yet. So this was going to be a two-part series, but I decided to just kind of merge everything into one week. Thank you. No problem. Christian didn't seem too thrilled, and Sam didn't really seem super thrilled, but I think she enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, I like alien stuff. Oh, I'm glad. I love alien shit. And this seems to be more believable than... Intergalactic intercourse and incubator babies that are half alien hybrids. And he painted all their. You're lucky that Eric didn't find one of those like prints and like decide to put it up in here. Just I like thoroughly paint. expected one to be here today. <laughs> what do you think you're getting for your birthday? Just don't make it a creepy one. Oh, it's definitely going to be the one where she's haunched over him and just. <laughs> just getting her big alien muff eaten. Getting those big old alien titties sucked on. I'm surprised there was only two. Yeah, she could have been like the bitch from Total Recall with three tits. That would have been sick. Okay. Like, sick in a good way. Mm. I mean. What would you do with three of them, though? 
look at one while you got two display yeah, adders. I, can, I don't know. Try suck on one and have a, one in each hand. It'd be great. Okay. You know what? Just, just shush. Shush, shush, shush. All right. Well, Christian, you want to go ahead and drop the socials? After I smack you into another fucking dimension. Go find your own Fifty Shades of Grey's. We appreciate you guys so much. And thank you for the review. Um, if you guys want to continue to have your reviews read, why don't you leave us one? We appreciate them. Mm-hmm. We like hearing them. It makes us happy. It makes our day. It makes our week. Um, if you guys want to find out how to leave us a review, if you haven't ever done one before, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. So Good Pods le- lets you leave them. Um, I don't ever check Good Pods, though, because that accounts for like... 0.03% of our downloads. That being said, thank you Eric, for bringing that up. When you're listening to your episode, make sure you guys have your auto downloads on. Um, it's how we know what is being listened to and what you guys like. If you guys like it, if you're into it, if you're not into it, um, then we can change it up. And then also, if you have suggestions, you can always follow us on our socials and you can always message us. So we, we love mm-hmm. the DMs. They make us happy. Instagram's so. the best way to get in touch. Yep. Uh, Sam will message on Facebook though. She has access to the Facebook page. I have access to the, um, Instagram page and the Twitter, but I don't really use it because Twitter is a fucking cesspool. Twitter's creepy now. Yes. I don't like Twitter. I didn't like it before and I don't like it now. I was Uh, never a huge Twitter girl. I downloaded it like for, and I still have it on there. I can, I get notifications. That's it. Yeah. I really only have it. So I can interact with ours. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's not fun to use. It never was to me. Like I have friends that are like, you should really market the show through Twitter. I'm like, I, d- I don't I'm like good. it. I don't like it. I'll make a post once a week about the episode or maybe twice a week. Yeah. Sometimes not, not at all. I'll retweet some stuff like alien videos, but outside of that, that's it. But yeah, guys, um, we'll see you next Friday with a crazy, spooky new story, I guess. We love you guys. And just be on the lookout for that uh, Betty and Barney Hill audio drop Yep. that I'm going to put out. I'll kind of curate it a little bit for you. And stay creepy. Stay creepy. Stay spooky. Later, everyone. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc